0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Love Fruit Podcast and today we are joined by Skye Conway. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. After being sick for 32 years of her life, she tapped into and discovered the raw foods diet and this led to a massive transformation in all areas of her life and she now shares the raw vegan journey that she's been on with many others on her Instagram I believe it may be Roar Sky or Sky Conway if you search for that Sky is there anything else you'd like to say about yourself and as an introduct as an introduction
1: hi everybody so yeah that was great thank you my name is Sky and I was sick most of my life um and I have this passion now for raw foods because once they entered my life my health, my life, my whole world changed. So, yeah, that's that's kind of me, and and what I I like to do, and why I want to talk about raw food so much.
0: Excellent. So, let's talk about that journey and your background. And what? How did you grow up? What was your lifestyle like?
1: Sure. So, growing up, I was sick a lot of the time. Um, I was sick from about the age of eight with many different diagnoses and problems going on from viruses to chronic pain, chronic fatigue, um, congenital disease, um, hormonal problems. It was like a constant, but in our household, we ate pretty healthy. Um, pretty healthy. I mean, once, once you discover that what I feel healthy is, I've changed my mind on that, but in Australia, we eat a lot of like, I guess, salads, um, vegetables. We would have a meat dish at dinner. You know, sandwich for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, breakfast was some sort of cereal. It wasn't a heavily processed um diet. Um, and that's that's how I grew up. And when I was sick, I did go to naturopaths, and and they did um change my diet, but never to raw foods. It was more cooked um foods, but cutting a lot of different food groups out and obviously nothing really made a huge impact not a big enough impact on my health um so yeah I grew up um that sort of way and towards the end before I found the raw foods I had tried I was vegan and I'd also was paleo um, and neither of those made a huge impact in fact I got sick on both
0: when did the health issues start
1: when I was eight I contracted chicken pox And it was just a normal dough, like a normal chicken pox. I'd been healthy as a child before this. And then when I went to go back to school, I couldn't get through a week of school. I would have to come home um, by Friday. And then after a few months, I'd be getting home by Thursday. And after a couple of years, I would only get to Tuesday. And the doctors, I had massive glands swelling out here. The doctors didn't know what was wrong. I was told it was glandular fever, chronic fatigue, Um, and I guess maybe looking back, they would say Epstein-Barr. Um, but in the end, I went to an ear, nose and throat specialist after about two years of this going on. And they said my tonsils had been eaten away by a bacteria and I'd never had tonsillitis. Um, but they said, you need to have them removed. There's not much left. And if we, when we're in there, if your adenoids don't look great, we'll take them out too. So I went and had this done, and progressively over about six months after this time, I started to improve um, to a point where I was what you'd call a normal child again a, a healthy mm-hmm. um, child again um, and that went on for about four years though there was there's still when I look back things that went on in my life that I wouldn't consider normal like I had growing pain so bad that my leg was put in a cast I got a pinched nerve in my neck for like six weeks with a neck brace but relatively I was well for that, for that period of time.
0: Mm -hmm. And at at what point did you start to go towards diet and lifestyle? I mean, sure. I assume there might've been other things you tried before that.
1: Sure. So because I was, what I would call well diet didn't even come into it. I mean, even at school or any doctor diet wasn't to do with any of my problems. So I was told and believed when I was 16 and 17, I went into chronic pain. This is where I, um, I found out years later I had a congenital disease, um, in my pelvis and back. Um, I had many surgeries for it. And around this time I was trying diet, um, just with naturopaths. Like they were saying, cut this out, take this out. But as I said, nothing made an impact, a big enough impact. I was still just desperate for some sort of miracle answer. I was in a lot of pain. Like I could hardly go to school. Um, From here, they found the disease, took out the disease. Um, It was like a second piece of uterus that they took out. Um, And they hadn't seen this happen before. Um, and I was pain-free then for about three years. But when I say pain-free, after, at about after, during that time when the pain came back, I ended up having a perforated ulcer. I lost my stomach, my, my duodenum, more of my intestines. Pain through that. Um, what happened after that? Then after that, my pain came back. I was on. I had full-time carers, couldn't work. Was on massive doses of pain medications. Like I'm talking, I think every pain medication there was, I was on ketamine, pethidine. Um, when I went to hospital, I was on those two. I was on fentanyl, oxycontin, oxycodone, valium, stimulants, antidepressants, hormones, stomach medications. And this is about the age of 30.
0: Wow. And at wow.
1: this, at this point. They discovered the surgeons discovered they'd put me in a chemical menopause, and they discovered my pain subsided. But at this stage, my I'm not fun. Like I'm, I can just make it to the toilet. That's it. Um. So I said I want a hysterectomy. I can't do more chemicals. I can't do a drug for the rest of my or time fifty until I go into menopause. So they did that. Um, and I I felt better again. So was this chemical menopause? took away my pain. I had a lot going on still, but my idea, the idea was once that went, I was going to heal. Once I had the um, hysterectomy, I went through menopause and that was horrible. Um, the pain had gone, but I was very ill. And as I came off all these pain meds, it was like my body was shutting down. I was, you know, you have withdrawals, even a slight re- reduction. I would have um, a low blood pressure, fainting, vomiting to constipation, um, I, all other problems started to come up with my heart. I ended up only 37 kilograms and I was in ICU a couple of times because they didn't know what was going on and they were trying to help me. And at this stage, diet still had not come into it at all. The only role that diet played was I was forced to, well, they were monitoring. I was constantly at nutritionists because I was so underweight. And all the only thing I was forced to have was three times a day protein shakes. And these really made me feel sick because they're high sugar. Um, And the way my digestive system works, if I have um, concentrated sugar in liquid dumps it's called dumping syndrome, I had that as well where, and then the sugar rushes in my heart palpitates. I, I then have to lay down. So um, there's lots going on, but that's the only role diet's playing. Then, I had like a a break with um, reality and lost a lot of my memory of what had occurred, been occurring, like a trauma response. With this, I'd come off the rest of my medication, but I started to get better um, very quickly. And with this, I went on a paleo diet. And with that paleo diet, there was nuts, seeds, cooked um, fruit, vegetables, and a meat dish at night. That was my diet for about a year um and I did okay on that 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 one year um I will say I was eating a higher amount of raw foods than I ever had Um, I was going to the gym I was working but I was very disconnected there was a lot of block still going on a lot medically at the end of that year I got shingles through my eye through the trigeminal nerve at this point, I couldn't, uh, it was it was a normal bout of, of shingles, like the chicken pox as a child. It was afterwards. Next minute, I couldn't get up, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, couldn't dress myself, couldn't do anything. That's where I had to go to a neurological hospital, relearn to do all of these things. Um, and it was around this point where I had severe PTSD, but it was also where I became vegan. I didn't want to eat It's like, it felt like this sort of awakening going on ever since I kind of lost my memory or or couldn't remember a lot of what had happened. It was like, I had to really rediscover myself. And there was a big calling not to eat anything that had a face that, you know, you don't eat other, no one would eat my child or or one of my limbs. Why should I eat something else's? These were all questions that I started to feel really conscious about. Mm -hmm. So I was Mm -hmm. doing this through hospitals. So you just put on the forms, you're vegan. And so I was eating vegan. Um, and at this point I had I had nine mental health hospital visits. One of them was 10 months. I was really suffering with PTSD was 10 months. I didn't go home for 10 months except for a couple of weekend visits. And I had like one-on-one care. I just was reliving a lot of what I'd been through. Um, I guess medications might've blocked it for a while. I'm not sure. The other thing being since I went on the vegan diet is the protein, my blood stopped making all the proteins it was testing. So my blood test kept coming back with these really strange anomalies. This is so normal for me at this stage though. I'm always told something is not right in in my body. So there's another thing going wrong. So they bring in more nutritionists and they said, I was eating really well. Like I was eating and remember, I don't have a stomach here, but I was really eating well. And they said, you could increase your protein with nuts and seeds, but this is, we haven't seen this before. They didn't know why. Anyway, come out of this and I get home and I am eating a vegan diet, but I start drinking to cope with this PTSD. And within a couple of months, I end up with liver problems, rushed to hospital again, and I'm in there for a couple of weeks with all these infusions. I come out of this and mum and dad say to me, you need to live on your own. We can't care for you anymore. This is all too much for us. So I... When I lived by myself, it was during COVID. I'd have just fruit and vegetables delivered. It was easier to eat just fruits or salad. If I cooked something, it was very basic. It was like dry roasted pumpkin um, or steamed cauliflower. It was very um, very simple. Um, what I noticed was, so I might go a few days with just having the fruits and salads and a little bit of cooked food, maybe some some you know date bars, which are still all raw. And then when I ate the cooked meal, it was like literally making myself sick. I would go back to bed. I would, would not be able to do anything. My heart was racing. I felt horrible. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, it was so heavy. The biggest, the way to say it's like putting like something really, and I was still not able to really get well. And when I would eat the salads and fruits, I was like, wow, I can hang the washing out and then I could bring it in. Like it was it was very slow at the start, but I could do things for the first time in my entire life. So the question then came to me, Sky: what are you willing to do for your health? And my answer to myself was anything. I'd been through like so much. To eat, to eat raw foods was not going to be a big challenge after all I'd been through. Um, so I, I had at this stage... Um, was still not able to really read or write or um, concentrate for big periods. So I couldn't read what I was doing, like any scientific data. All I could do was kind of get online and see on Instagram that there were vegans called raw vegans and they made these beautiful big fruit platters or these beautiful, um, you know, salads and they're brightly colored. And I was like, right, I can do this. So that is where the food element of it came in. Um, I just simply discovered that I felt a lot better. Look, I I can't, it was like night and day when I ate raw foods. And if I ate even just simple cooked foods, I didn't, couldn't make improvements.
0: Do you think a lot of the medical interventions made, made your situation worse rather than better?
1: That's an interesting question. Possibly, but a lot of them.
0: Because uh, you're, you're mentioning having, um, uh, did you say you you don't have a stomach? Is that yes? You, and a duodenum? Yeah.
1: yeah, that was emergency surgery though. So I had a perforated ulcer in the duodenum that had bled out, and they tried. They went in. I've got a scar all the way down here. They tried to cauterize it twice, and then I it burst again so they had to remove different areas i will say that i was so desperate when when any medical intervention was done and i believe they thought they were doing the right thing they probably still do they probably do it to people that i don't know whether i could have survived mentally without some of the relief i got from the medical um professionals
0: what what about the stomach you say you don't have a stomach
1: Yes, so they um when I got the perforated ulcer, it all rotted in the duodenum. So you have most people have a stomach um that digests this way. They took mine out. There was a sliver left of it, but it's now just all one piece. They took out the next level, which is the duodenum, and they took out more of the intestine. So when I eat, it's like one big esophagus type thing that goes all a tube that goes all the way down and then dumps straight into the intestines.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's that. How I, I don't even know, like, it, it and that's uh very different, obviously. But I don't, I, I'm surprised that that works.
1: Yeah, I think it's another credit to the human body as to right, just okay. all capable of, right? And um, I'll, I'll tell you, when I went raw within two months, so I had that surgery. 15 years prior to going raw. So it's quite an old scar, It's massive scar. They went in three times into the same Mm -hmm. scar. Three months into eating raw foods, I went to my mom and dad's and I started to roll my finger across the scar and I could feel a massive chunk. It would be like keloid scarring, like kind of flapping away. So it had broken off. And I said to mom, this is so odd. And she said to me, she goes, you're going to have to see a doctor about that. And i have been eating raw foods, and I said, "I think that's how I ended up with all these problems." I, yes. I, said, I think that's the worst thing I can do. But I think what happened was is when I went on this diet, and I hear a lot of um, like a lot heals can can heal very quickly, at, especially at the start. Like a lot of old things, which are which can just you know mm-hmm. be away type thing. So I think like it was interesting that that had been there for so long, but within just raw foods for a couple of months, massive chunks of scars. So now that scar. Wow. Is- Um, wide it's like a tiny tiny line so all the mass underneath has come away up the top it's still there but it's it's amazing
0: (laughs) wow wow that's I mean it's such a traumatic story I mean the how how was all that triggered do you think was that what was the very first moment of that maybe I didn't catch it but it was it was the ulcer that was the thing that started the whole process of your health downfall
1: no it was the chicken pox so oh. it was it was two it was a couple things actually so i had chicken pox at the age of eight um and that was just normal chicken pox but afterwards it was like this chronic fatigue response in the body that never left like chronic tiredness my glands are out like this and that was when the, they did the um they removed the tonsils and that relieved. Something and I was better, but I was never like I was beforehand. The other thing that occurred to me, um, which I was born with was a congenital disease, congenital disease called endostromatosis, which essentially they hadn't hadn't seen before, but it was just a second piece of uterus which had lodged itself on a ligament and then kind of grown. But what that meant is when I was eight, when this chickenpox thing happened is this is where our bodies, when we're young, prepare for puberty. So yeah. we build, you yeah. know, you, you're getting the hormones already. And if your body has two sex organs there, your mapping is the extra excess estrogen. And that is a pain, it's an acid. So I was, so basically what they're kind of saying is, from that age, this is why this all happened around here. Okay. Then I had an interview recently with somebody who said there's a small percentage of people who get chicken pox and there's some link to hormones with a problem they never recover from. It. She did a study, she's a naturopath, and she did her thesis on it. So it's all lots going on.
0: And you lived with pain for a long time, I believe. Is that what you were saying?
1: Like, The pain I was in was pelvic. So it was gynecological pain, back pain. It ended up through my face, my fingers, my hands, the back of my legs, um, and my GI tract as well. But I had some biofeedback done by a neurologist and a gynecologist that they use these machines for women giving birth to train them to learn how to lower the pain level. Um, So they put this machine on and then you're supposed to relax and the reading will drop and you train yourself. So they put this machine on me and they couldn't get a start point because the pain in my body was so loud. And at this time I wasn't even 20.
0: That's crazy. How, how, How long did you live with that?
1: Till I was 30 was that pain. So once I was 30 and I had the hysterectomy, what I call my pain, that that, um, nerve pain, pelvic gynecological pain, that left at 30. But I was on 500 milligrams in the morning of OxyContin, 500 milligrams at night, 60 milligrams of breakthrough, four times a day of oxycodone. I was on a fentanyl patch of 170, Valium antidepressants, stimulants, went into hospital on ketamine i'd have pethidine botox local in, um, anesthetics so that was then the next hurdle of what mm-hmm. i had to overcome
0: what, what was the cause of that pain the the root cause do you, do you understand what it was
1: yeah that was that second piece of uterus the endostromatosis um which had so they they did a surgery and removed it but they they went back in years later and he he's left what he'd called the root and he took that out then. But what did he, he explained to me that be, the wound being open, the cells in there had spread onto my um, bladder, my uterus, and my bowel, and then they caused more of like that, um, mm-hmm.
0: that response.
1: So when he took the rest out, it was too late. It had already kind of – and I was so inflamed. I was – it's terrible. Yeah, You know, what was the most terrible was, I, all, I know this sounds really horrible, but I always wished I had something like cancer or something because nobody knew what was going on. There was no yeah. answer. Yeah. I was in so much pain. It was like nobody believed. I don't even know whether I believed. It was not, not a definitive diagnosis. And I wanted something, you know, where you, even if you need dialysis, yeah. you go to a set department, you go to a yeah, set yeah. doctor. It was never like that for me. I was all over the place.
0: So for 10 years. So basically you probably couldn't really have a life.
1: No, I didn't. So from the age of 16 up until 30, I was most of my time was spent in bed
0: Uh just about
1: time I could was spent in bed. And then after that, I was still in bed by this stage because of what it had done to me and the year that I got well, I remember I was saying like, I did paleo for a year and I I went to the gym and I worked because I kind of lost my memory. My body had some ability to function. It was very, very strange. Like it was not, it's not, um, I couldn't do much even, even with my cognition, my, everything was very like it it was keeping me in some sort of, you know, life support type thing. And then once it came back, I went downhill.
0: It must have been really taxing to your nervous system to be going through essentially pain for, for 10 years, like for a constant time. Um, yeah. Is, is there a kind of a recovery process from that? Is I mean, how does that yeah. shape you? And how do you, I don't, I don't know, how do you get over that?
1: So that's a really important question because when you're in um, chronic flight or flight, my brain works like this. So if I had to right now get from just here to the door, it would go, have you taken your pain medication? Have you taken your long-term pain medication? Have you put enough heat on it? Is anyone around if you're going to walk while you're up? Do you need to go to the toilet? Okay. Grab your hot water bottle. You can make it, you can do it. That is how my brain worked. If yeah. I had to do anything for every, all I could remember really. So when the pain goes, you literally don't know how to live. And then your brain starts to adapt, um, a trauma response to things like at the start, it can kind of remember. And also all the medications are coming away as well. Like, so it's very, it's like relearn, trying to relearn. I did try and study psychology for about five years. I never completed it, but I feel reading about what the body and mind react just knowing what they do was helpful to get through that but then eventually it it was like the ptsd was too much and i couldn't function plus Mm -hmm. there was whatever happened after the shingle so but that is the hard part is is trying to get learn how you just sit because now i can sit by the beach and i can remember as a little little girl that i would run by the water and the feeling of the the salt air that is if you're coming off some long-term disease you're not going to feel that for a while but you've got to keep persevering so you've got to keep what i believe is exposure so you keep going back to things that you know are safe like sitting by the beach and eventually you kind of settle
0: wow wow yeah and you said you had like a kind of a break from reality in that time was that A response to the the trauma of that whole situation
1: to be honest it was like um i've never really talked much about this so i was living at home i was no one thought i was going to make it i think you've seen photos of me i was 37 kilograms no one knew why my body was shutting down the more they took the medications away i was just shutting down and then i woke up one morning and it was like i was on hyper alert um I didn't know whether I was dead or alive obviously I was alive but I, I wasn't talking about this it was just like where am I type thing I don't know if this makes much sense um I felt like I was in a different reality um and I, I really couldn't do much still and then I just stopped talking because everyone doctors nurses my parents everyone was telling me what to do and nothing was working and I just didn't believe in anybody anymore so I just stopped talking as well I was had I, hadn't, I just I didn't think about anything I just kind of laid there, and then they put me in a psychiatric unit, and they I'd come off there was a little bit of pain meds still in going through me so they took me off that they put me on something else and it, then those meds made me all, like it was almost like hallucinate somehow I came out of that but when people would ask me what had happened I might be able to tell them a bit of it or tell them my name sometimes sometimes I couldn't even remember my name I and then <clears throat> um. Yeah, and so I do believe all of this was everyone has a breaking point. Right. And that was, that was mine, but I also see it as some sort of awakening. Like from that point, it's like I couldn't do harm to my body anymore. Like even when I tried, you know, I might need a medication for a little bit, but it would be so loud that this was not right. It was like me finding my way, even though it took five years, four years, or five years, and I went through massive, you know, hospitalizations for mental health, had the shingles, all of that. Still, it was like this no, there was no, no relief during that time in any way either. It was, I guess, a trauma response, but I still feel it's like some we are, we are all souls with spirit, and there was something calling me to something bigger during that time. It was right. different from the rest. The rest, you could always, there was always. It, it worst case scenario, they could put some sort of local anesthetic in some area. They could, um, give me some sort of calming agent if something, but for this five years, it was literally like coming off everything, having to find me. And I will, will say this is, is it is so rewarding to find yourself, but it's not always easy work, but it's, it's, you've got to know that's what you're doing, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, that being on so much pain medication for so long is that, I mean, some of the things you're talking about there, oxycontin fentanyl, and things like that. There's a lot of problems <laughs> with many people, uh, getting addicted to these things. And so, mm. do you do you understand what that is like, or do you have some of the after effects of that, and some of the problems of uh, opioid, you know, uh, abuse mm. or whatever? I mean, obviously it's regulated, but was it mm. is, is it way less that you would have taken than than you know a, an addict kind of thing or how does that work i'm not i don't understand no.
1: i was take the amounts i was taking were so if you break your leg and you go to a hospital um or you wake up from surgery they will give you five milligrams of like what we call or maybe 10 maybe up to 40 after you first come out right of something called um oxycodone, right? I was taking 500 milligrams in the morning, 500 at night. And every time I went into pain during the day, I was taking 60. Then that wasn't even the fentanyl. Then we move across to fentanyl. I was on at the same time on a patch of 170 milligrams. Now I can't, they don't give fentanyl that much and the dosage wouldn't be the same because it's a patch. I can only talk in the endone terms. The amounts I was taking were so massive, but The pain I was in was so massive that it wasn't touching it. So, But once the pain went, that's why I think I got so sick because my body, how that made me feel, and that's why I had to come off it, and it was making me sick every time I dropped off it. But how I felt on it was so horrible once the pain had gone. But my doctors, and I had a lot of doctors, said that they believe once my pain went, I would go off it because I never went on on it to numb emotional pain. It was always some physical yeah. pain, but it doesn't make it any easier um, coming off it. What I have been through, like when I think back to what, when you grow up and you hear horror stories, you you can't imagine getting through them. But then when I walked through, especially some of the moments of my life, I don't, i think of the strength i needed at the time to get through that's what you you you've got to just know that there's something there something great inside of you you're worth coming off it for
0: so when you did the hysterectomy is that when the pain pretty much went away entirely yes,
1: yes so I had that at 30. So just before my 30th birthday, they tried chemical menopause and that had a whole lot of side effects. But my pain as I knew it, that pain that had then spread up through the entire um, left side went. Um, I still felt sick, you know, withdrawn. I still had spasms, but this nerve pain that was all through me went. And I said, I can't stay on this drug. And I just want – I'd had a lot of surgery down there. Like most of my surgery had been around this pelvic area to try and relieve a lot of pain. I said, just take it out. Um, and it took them a long time to, de- to decide that because I was under 30. Um, I took – you need five surgeons to sign off on that. Um, and I wasn't dying in their eyes. So um, I felt like I was. Um, so they did it, and I, I felt even better than I did on the chemicals Um, The menopause after that being so young and being, having such high levels of estrogen as well because of what had been going on. Um, So I went through that. And then soon after that, I just felt so horrible on these pain meds. Like so. um, And that's when I like lost my hair, got really, really skinny and was just, I was always sick. So yeah, I came off the walking stick after the, um, the um, hysterectomy.
0: And, So the pain was gone, though, at that point? Yeah. Uh, and, and so did, were you saying there you had a bit of an issue coming off of the pain medication or the, Not, the kind of a, what do you call it, like a detox from that? or.
1: Yeah, so there was a massive problem as it physically. So <laughs> mentally I wanted to come off it because every yeah, time yeah. it's – so I would come off it like a tapered amount. So you come off a set a small amount, and I would get sick physically sick from that. No matter how small it was, I was so sensitive. I'd get like the vomiting, diarrhea, to constipation. Um, my bowels got so bad. I ended up having to inject to go to the toilet. In the end, I was getting so constipated from these medications. Um, what else? Um, my hair was falling out. I was dizzy. I I then got heart problems like tachycardia every time I get up my heart was racing um but when I stabilized on the meds they were so strong I couldn't stay there I had to, I wanted to um drop again um so yeah they, that was the only problem I found with the meds um only problem I nearly died coming off them um but yeah, so that's, as as for the addiction side of them, um, yeah, there was a, a tendency to that year, year that I was well, that I was well to, to, to know that in the past, all of a lot of what I felt was regulated by medications. Like all of what I felt, I think was re- regulated. So there's that real shift of knowing that it's just sit down and have something to eat, have a glass of water. Um, you know sit by a candle by a window you've got to really retrain um so there's that side of it but um the the horror side was the how sick i got and i think part of that was my body had been through so much with that pain like it was already through the ringer and then it had to come off all the meds
0: amazing so at what point how long after that did you find the 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 raw food diet it
1: was Four to five years, Mm -hmm. um, after that first, like,
0: were you able to get your life back after that? After the
1: hysterectomy, uh, no, no, no. So I was, um, I was after the hysterectomy. I was pain free. I was just a shell of a person. I was on all that man, all those meds, and then I went through the menopause, which was so horrible after the menopause was the constant. So I never stopped being sick. That's the problem, right, is you can't live. Your brain's still in flight or fight. So I never had that period of time to just go live um, afterwards. My body's like, right now you've got to get rid of the meds because you feel so sick. And then you're feeling you had the withdrawal symptoms and then more, more problems started to show up. And then you're back to new doctors. and.
0: Mm, wow. Mm. Uh, so – you were still searching i guess for a solution
1: <laughs> yeah i i was but i i believed so strongly that once the pain had gone it was just such an unusual pain it was nothing like you know people go oh it's a headache like you get when you get the flu or something it was no you couldn't it was so i called it my pain and i believed very strongly that once my pain went and i came off all the pain meds if i survived I believed I would um that what however I got well I wanted to share with people because it's just something that is worth sharing but then there's a real struggle so that year that I got well when I did the paleo diet where I functioned at a really like basic level is you really start to see how hard it is for a person who's been so sick to change their brain patterns to a well person yeah. that's a whole ball game that that you have to wrap your head around
0: amazing amazing and did you um, do you have support with that did you with our um
1: so no so when that year I, I I really pushed every every support wise like psychology and, and counseling all the way I had my family um and friends so that was a lot of support but you get to the point where you don't want to be around hospitals and, and doctors. It's so triggering. Um, so support for me in that sense, there was nothing there, but I always have had family and friends. When I discovered raw foods, I had pretty much lost everything. I was homeless when I had, um, I was helped to find a place, but I was not allowed to come home. I couldn't stay anywhere. I um, I was living in a hotel I was not close to anybody, barely spoke to anybody. I just didn't know how the world worked. It didn't, I couldn't understand how I'd been so sick and why I was getting sick again at this stage. Like, I thought, what did I do? Like, when I look at all the things I've been through, I couldn't understand how somebody got so unlucky. You know, how people yeah. get like a cancer or they get kidney problems and you go, oh, that's just luck, mate. How did somebody get, and, finding the raw foods made me realize what i thought all along there was something underlying here you know and in in my mind it is simply inflammation is for some reason whether it's a virus whatever it was something has become inflamed and everything is just inflamed right is and once i've this is what i strongly believe is i've i've seemed to stop a lot of the inflammation and that has stopped a lot of the what we call disease response in the body and healed and in many departments in the body like as in the brain the soul like ailments you know in my body the way i breathe um that whole package
0: how did you actually find the foods diet and what was your transition like
1: it was simply just the stumbling onto it by once, you know, I moved out into my first home, it was COVID, foods were delivered and because I was so sick, it was easier to eat the fruits, salads, um, raw foods. And then when I would eat something like just steamed pumpkin with some garlic and rosemary or, or some turmeric steamed cauliflower, which was very simple as well, I was back in bed and going what I call backwards. And it was so strong when I would have it. I'm like, what's going on? And that's, it was that, and I was saying, I couldn't really read, write, or concentrate for long periods at that time. So that's when I went to the Instagram and I saw raw vegans um, and I saw pictures and I was like, right, if it's raw, it must be okay. And as long as I ate the raw foods, I took steps forward in my life. So what I did was um, just ate whatever I wanted as long as it was raw and it was great for the first time. I didn't feel sick eating as well. I usually felt just not, I didn't have a great relationship with food. It never made me feel great. Even before I lost my stomach, this, it was like my body was going, Oh my God, I've been wanting this my whole life. Give me more. Um, so I would doing like fruits, nuts, dried fruits during the day. And then in the afternoon, I do a big salad of like all my favorite flavors of like greens, um, cucumbers Carrots, maybe a little bit of chili, mango, lemon juice all through it, maybe some ginger. And then I was eating a lot of avocado. So at this stage, I was about 40 kilograms. I put on 12 kilos in a year. Um, And I was eating a lot of avocado. I stopped eating nuts relatively early, but avocados were like, and bananas and dates. My diet's very different now, but at the start, these were all I was just giving my body anything it wanted. If it told me it wanted a hamburger, it wasn't getting that. If it said I want an avocado, two avocados, I was like raw, fine. That's how my brain ran that entire um, year.
0: Sure, and and what benefits did you see from from the raw diet?
1: Oh my gosh! So first of all, I could do things. My energy my PTSD subsided, my tachycardia calmed down. Like I couldn't walk 200 meters without my heart being like 177. It just started to calm. I could sit without getting, I could sit on the grass, I could get outside. Um, I used to get rashes and irritations. They had stopped. My hair started growing very quickly instead of it just dropping out every time I put like a comb to it. Um, I felt beautiful in my body. So under the water, it stopped hurting. Like it, it, I usually was so used to for probably most of my life getting into things and being hypersensitive. That stopped. Um, I also cut chemicals out at this time. I very much noticed while I did this that things like laundry detergents were becoming very strong. I'm like, whoa, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or dishwashing liquid. Whoa. So cut all those out. That helped. Um, so what else went? Oh, my GI came off my... Um, my stomach medications. Um, I came off my hormone replacement, which was like my lifeline. I had never been able to function, especially mentally, after I had the hysterectomy and went through menopause. There was a period I just couldn't get up until they gave me more estrogen. That went um things like the scarring tissue just broke away. Um, my eyes were wide. I could talk to people, I was happy around people. Uh, people said I, it was like a different person. Like it was like, who is this? Yeah. Um, depression went, um, anxiety went, PTSD lowered um, a lot. That took uh, still some period, but it was the it was so dramatic how much everything changed over just about six
0: weeks. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Yeah. So, what is a kind of typical day for you at the moment on a with, with your diet?
1: Okay, so I like to get up and I'll do some exercise and then I'll usually have the water of two coconuts um, and then I'll wait a little bit and I have been doing a lot of grapes, so I will eat oh a fair amount of grapes, as much as I want until I'm full, um, or watermelon as well. So watermelon I can tell you is um usually about half to um a quarter to half is usually what I have of a watermelon. Um, and then for lunch, I'll have heavier fruit. So at the moment, I have either bananas or persimmons or what else? Papaya.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then in the afternoon, um, I will have a salad um, or a raw dish that I'll make. But I guess it's classes, you know, still salad type thing. So greens, um, cucumber, um, zucchini, I might have some carrots. So there might be some veggies through it as well. I'll, I like to make dressings. Um, I also sometimes still snack on some dates. I have I've found that as I've gone through this, my fat need has lowered mm-hmm. my need for hydrating fruits. So at the start I think it was more these dense bananas and dates and avocados, a lot of it. Now I do like the you know the coconut water, the watermelon, the grapes, papaya. that makes me feel really great. Lower fat, um, I do crave greens. I will say um, I, I really crave my greens um, and I, I like veggies, but I think that's a comforting thing as we come into winter. It's it's really this calling more to the fruits now, but that wasn't always like that. At the start, I was eating like nuts. I was eating um, uh, sauerkraut, olives. As long as it wasn't like heat applied,
0: mm-hmm. it
1: seemed it, it really made a huge difference to my life.
0: So I'm interested in, how that reacts with your digestive system because a lot of people who start eating a lot of fruit, especially watermelons and stuff, they can get a thing called melon belly, right? Where you get this kind of pain. And I'm kind of interested in if you have, if you don't experience that because your digestive system is so different, or if you, if you do experience any issues like that.
1: Melon belly, I do. And I've worked very hard to get to the level that I'm at now. So, um, I found, and I know people are not all for fats, but I found bananas and avocados so easy on my gut at the start, mm-hmm. right? I might get bloating lower down, but very easy to eat. And I, I felt really great um, having them. With Back to the start is I wasn't able to eat as much as I can now. So when I'm starting out, you're eating smaller portions. So I don't think things like melon belly came into it and I was eating a big variety. I wasn't, there's no food combining. I was like, Oh, they have pineapple. Yum. They have a bit of watermelon, bit of melon, you know,
0: yeah.
1: when I came further along, I could read what other people were doing is um, I saw that having like starting off on hydration, like watermelon. So I was doing, trying to do days of watermelon my my digestive system went next level. I ended up back in bed with like stabbing pains and it is melon belly. It starts as melon belly but it start it got quite bad. I that was back last year in about November um and what I then did is gave myself a break from the watermelon and now I'm able to do a couple times a week, that much watermelon for one meal as long as I eat it. So what you must also know is if I drink a juice, because I don't have a stomach, like a holding tank, it drops straight into the intestine. The intestine, our uh, intestine absorbs the sugar. And because there's not you know sugar nutrient fiber, there's just sugar nutrient, sugar nutrient, it goes straight in. And that gives me dumping syndrome. So I get that. So that's why I can't do watermelon um like juice either um, or any juice, but so yeah, I do get melon belly, but I've worked very hard to get to where I am. And then I might give it a a rest for a couple of days. Um, the watermelon just do grapes and then I'll come back, um, back to it. But as for my, um, digestion, I found those like what I call like baby soft foods. Like I think of bananas were easy, um, dates never had a problem, But once you get up to bigger levels, I try and do papayas now and grapes because they work. They work really well for me.
0: What were some of the mistakes you think you made with the raw food diet? Did you did you learn it pretty quickly?
1: I like to think that my blessing with the raw foods was I didn't know what a lot of people know. So when, and I'll, I'll say, I'll tell you why. So the people that come to me that I coach usually have been very sick and given up hope. They don't have the same problems as me, but they've been bedridden most of their lives. And a lot of what is stopping them even moving forward on this diet is the amount of knowledge they know about not combining this, not eating this, too much fat, oxalates. Listening to them reminds me of what I was like when I used to look at the medical industry is I knew so much but it, it, it probably hindered me in, in all sorts of different ways. When I went into this raw diet, remember, I had not really read. Re- re- I lost a lot of my memory. I was like this kind of almost like just a, a blob, really, <laughs> that could do basic things. So I didn't have that. Um, those voices coming in going, oh, don't eat too much greens, don't combine this with that. And I do believe that plays a huge part on how, our body runs, you create stress in the body. Even when you're eating, even with chatter, you're not going to have smooth digestion or a smooth um, transition into any diet. So I had none of that. All I knew was all I went off was literally my feelings. So, and remember if it was cooked or whatever, I didn't go there, but as long as my brain told me it wanted something out of what I had learned with the raw foods, I would eat it. I love my transition. Um, so much I love that I had that ability to just eat whatever I wanted get well um, with it I will say there after about a year of doing it I look back now and my I wouldn't I would have been I guess stopped eating as much fat if I if I know what it does now but, but I don't think it's a bad thing that my I was you know what I was size 10 I was I was a size sorry oh, Australian 10 so I was, I was quite small I was only 60 kilos now we're only four mm-hmm. kilos lighter or something or three kilos lighter so it's just a matter of of tweaking but i enjoyed learning that i don't think i think we can get the health benefits for me and what i've learned with raw foods are so great don't get caught up in the small things because your body does teach you like after watermelon hurts you learn not to eat it when you um, are a bit slower from too many fats you're not going to be rushed to hospital you will eventually want to taper back a bit so I think it's a whole different ball game is how I feel with the raw food so I, I yeah I like my transition and I, I think I I like to say to people it's just a learning experience.
0: And how, what are some of your sort of tips for people that are starting off?
1: My tips, it depends where you're coming from. So um, once again, the people. a lot of people contact me who have been very sick and they're doing all raw, what they think is all raw, but they're like, oh, no, i have a bit of sweet potato and rice here. What I've learned with people who have been really sick, whatever the science is, I'm sure there's lots you could read about it, is once they go fully raw, even if they do eat too much fat they are doing they are moving forward as well they just never realize the jump if you are already healthy and you've got irritable bowel or you you just want to improve your life people seem to be okay with doing like raw till four or a whole foods plant-based that's what i've just discovered myself that's all i i know so my recommendation is if if you are very sick however you can do it try going raw And if you are looking for more health, you know, just add raw foods to a diet which is highly plant-based is what I would suggest to people.
0: So you have started to help others and share it with others and and get out there. And can you share with us a little bit about how that happened?
1: Sure. Sure. I, when I, I did an interview with Gillian Berry and so like she shared my story and then I had lots of people contacting me saying they'd given up hope. I was kind of their hope. Like they've been through not even the same story as me, not even like this, but a continual story of things going wrong and getting sicker and sicker and they'll have a major surgery and then more things will go wrong. And they're basically bedridden. And so I started to help a couple of people um, and said, I'd like, you know, I'd like to coach you and, and do you want me to coach? So I coached them and I, it went really well. And so that's how I started coaching. And I also started sharing my recipes on my raw website, which is rawsky.com, um, just to, to get, I think if you can put it out there, people will start to think about it. Um, so the people that I've helped all of them, the biggest dramatic change is that they're moving forward now really, really well. Some of them still have a couple of things going on in their life, but their general health, you would classify them as a healthy person now before they were bedridden. Um, and I think what, why, what I'm doing really helps is because of where I've come from. A person first needs the belief Mm -hmm. in something that it will work. Um, so that I think is the belief I planned, but then, and all of these people, the only things that were stopping them was, um, they needed someone to believe in, but secondly, they, sorry, they needed somebody to believe in next is the foods they were eating. They, a lot of them thought they were eating raw. It was okay to eat cooked foods. And once you replace them, um, they're doing much better. Um, so yeah, they're the, they're the things. And also if somebody is too overeducated as well, that can kind of stop them. They're the things that I notice I'm able to help people. Great. Um, yeah.
0: And why, What where does that name's Roar Sky come from? What does that mean?
1: So Roar being R-O-A-R was when I, as I got well, I started to feel like I was roaring through life like i was literally just taking off i couldn't say it was like raw as in r-a-w like raw food it was like everything that my motors which my motor was charged everything i did i could roar through so that's when the name raw sky came up and that's when i put my website up and put the recipes up and yeah
0: with all this experience you've had what's what do you think is the biggest lesson that you take from it all
1: love. I can't stress enough how at the end of the day, as much as the food I put in um, started to lower inflammation is this, this voice came inside of me. um, And it started talking to me like the most, I was the most beautiful, important person on this planet. And it made me realize that I'd been looking my entire life out into the world for love. I've been looking for, um, you know, I, I love that car. I love my hair. I love, I love how that tastes. But I love how that, person, that person's doing so well. I love that. But I've never loved myself. And once you um, are in a position to love and look after yourself, that will heal you. That will give you success. And that will make you feel like you deserve it all. So I'd say love.
0: Well, that's fantastic. And uh do you do you think that because I've always I've thought of that a little bit that when I started with this diet, I was already fairly positive thought quite positive thoughts, but I do feel like there's a natural feeling of like real beautiful positive thoughts all the time, like like the yeah. world's a beautiful place yeah well, like just con- constantly these kind of things come come up into my head on this yeah. diet and have you experienced that when you talk about love sometimes when people go on a fruit diet they they get these rushes of like gratitude and things like that like yeah and it's kind of a spiritual experience or it is for many people and a big emotional experience have you experienced that kind of stuff the emotional side of it as well
1: Yes, that is that is what I feel healed my soul, spirit and mind, um, exactly what you're saying. So before, if I was eating or doing something, the voice in my head was like, can you get from there? What about your sore leg? Look in the mirror, your hair's falling out. That was the type of chatter going yeah, you go. on. You start to eat this food and I noticed the sun solar powered me. The more I ate it in the sun, I felt even greater is, I was like this tastes lovely the colors are beautiful I feel good yeah um, and that became the new sky so mm-hmm. you, you're doing it so much. You just keep putting these beautiful foods in and that beautiful voice becomes you. So when you're around people, you're like, what a beautiful day. Look how beautiful that is. And I feel great. And then I feel like that was what got me well. So it was, it's like that power of the words, but I had to have that food and that's exactly what it's like. It's like this massive um, aura of gratitude constantly. I love it.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. So, how can people learn more about you follow you and work with you
1: sure so the best place to find me is at rawsky so it's um r o a r s k y e.com um there i've also got like youtube and tiktok and instagram and facebook and all of that but you can find all of that at at rawsky.com and my coaching's there there's recipes there ebooks there um, and if you have any questions, just reach out to me. There's a contact form there. Um, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Is there anyone you think we should interview next, or who who would who would you like to hear more from?
1: I don't know. I I I do love. I don't know. I do. There's somebody I work with named Leanne who Mm -hmm. has quite an extraordinary story. I can connect you to Leanne if you like.
0: That would be great. um,
1: Yeah. She heard my story. She's had, yeah, been as sick as long as I have. So she's, and she's doing really well. So I'll connect you to Leanne.
0: Great. Uh, Maybe one last thing is the, and this might apply to you in a different way, but the social side of this Friendships, connection, community. Because your life's been so different in that sense, and you probably were always a little bit held back from that to some degree, how has it affected your life socially and with relationships and family and different things to be on this diet that's so different? Well,
1: I am... I would say if this never occurred to me, I would have been a very naturally social person. I always have been, right? But you just shut down. You don't want to, you just keep, when you're that sick, you keep letting people down all the time. Then, so you yeah. say you're going to go to a birthday and you can't get to the birthday and you do this like 20 times and you feel so bad. You just stop doing things. You feel it better not to do things. I always had my mom, my dad. I drifted away from my sister for a period. Um, I ended up drifting away from my parents, even towards the end, I had to find me. But once I found me, I now only let people in who bring me that same light that the fruits do, right? The fruits and vegetables make me feel like this great voice. So I only have those type of people. It is a challenge, but I feel like people know my story. So they just, there's that learning part where I'm missing massive chunks of life. So when I'm like, um, I'm spending a lot of time alone, still learning. I don't find myself wanting to be around a lot of people, but look, I find everybody when it comes to the raw community and connecting is everyone has a journey. Everyone has a story and we all come with different parts. And that kind of, when we come together, we then form the the bond that we do. So it's different, but, um, yeah, I I, I'm enjoying, I'm just so happy. I feel so blessed.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Sky. And I encourage everyone to check check you out and go to your website and your Instagram and learn more about you. Fantastic story. Thank you for telling us so much. Uh, any last thoughts before we go?
1: Don't stop believing is my last thought, is, is <laughs> all I went through is, and I didn't know what the answer would be, is I just knew that I never gave up So even when you're in your darkest hour, hold on because that little shimmer of light may shine through at any time.
0: Amazing. Thank you very much. and Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching to the the Love Fruit Podcast. If you want to learn more from us, you can go to fruitfest.co.uk and we have the UK Fruit Fest at the end of July. You can check that out. And we have our Fruity Fridays on a Friday night uh so you can join us with that as well but thank you very much everyone and we'll see you in another episode of the love fruit podcast